have been blessed beyond measure today to see what God has done and is doing at this place. You know, God does things in places. He told Abraham, said, go to that place. Just any old place won't do. You say, just because it has a steeple on top of the building or a sign that says that, that don't mean it's the place. There's a lot of places that have designated a name of religion that uh, God's not there. I was just listening to the testimony about this young man that sang about the little boy that prayed the prayer of faith, and God heard and answered. You know, I'm, the thing that amazes me much, very much, is that our people somehow have limited God. And uh, if there's anything I do know, God can. God can. And the more amazing fact is, God is. But the, the, the children said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? God can. God did. God will. He is not limited in generations. Say, well, back there. No, rats here. You say, well, when they rode camels and when you rode in T-Model 4, God did it. No, God can now. God can now. My daughter, if you tell her she won't like this, my daughter, she don't pronounce the word right. But she said, when she's talking about it, she said, rat cheer. So God can rat cheer. I am still blessed when that was telling about that little boy. I, Brother Lawson, I, I want to, I promise not to take up too much time for this. But I, I went down to St. Jude. Now, let me tell you the connection why an old man that's tired and sick and not able to go. Actually, this little boy's mother was saved just 15 years old in revival I was conducting. Her dad's gone, so she's a, she said, I'm her spiritual father. And she has these two little sons. They said, well, if, he's your, if Brother Blue's your spiritual father, he's our papa. <laughs> so I win both ways. Amen. So he has, I have a picture. He has a scar from here around his backbone. At three years old, they removed the kidney. And he has neuroblastoma, one of the world's worst cancers. Very few ever lived. Three years old. I've taken back to St. Jude every three months. And on one of the last trip, oh, by the way, they gave you, they always give a shot. I want to show you God. Oh, I want you to see. If you don't see God in this, you're, there's something wrong. They uh, have to give him a shot that, uh, I just never shot thinking about it. They have to give him a shot that this shot Cost six one shot sixteen thousand dollars. Comes from Canada, only place in the world. And this shot just goes over the entire body, covers every cell, ever ever minute crevice of the body. And it's supposed to show if that neuroblastoma has come back, it's supposed to show it. If it's the size of a pinhead, 
They gave the shot. They ran him through the machines to see if it showed up anywhere. There was that spot about that long and about as wide as your finger. Doctor said, oh, it's back. It's back. And that little boy had said before they went down there, said, Papa, will you go with me? I didn't feel like going, but I said, I'll go. And I'm sitting in the room. I had sent out prayer requests for the lost, and I'd called him all over the country, all over the world, sent out prayer requests. Watch God. Are you watching God? Here's a brilliant doctor that had said that cancer's back. I'm sitting in the waiting room with this mother and daddy with faces worried and tense and drawn. And the doctor stepped in and pulled his mask off his face. <laughs> Shaking his head. $16,000 shot had... He said, I went in. Here's another scar that reaches all the way around that little boy now. Cut him in two. I went in. I know it was there. I saw it. He dropped his head and said, it's gone. Amen. God can. Now, out of this, God's getting glory. St. Jude, I, I wish you could go there sometime. I really do. I've never saw that kind of compassion and tenderness in my life. Little bald-headed kids. Did you know they've got people on their payroll that all they do, they come to the work of the morning and punch the clock, and all their job is is to play with those kids. Man, I wanted to pull one of them little red wagons so bad I couldn't stand it. <laughs> Some dummy, I told Brother Lawson about this. Some dummy told me one time, said, Well, if I have a wreck right outside of a Catholic hospital, let me die out there. Don't take me in there. You've got to be extra stupid for that. You've had to go somewhere to college and major in ignorance. Amen. I mean, get me in there! <laughs> And here's, you say, well, that's not a Baptist hospital. That may have something going for him right there. <laughs> now, something good's coming out of it. Watch it, watch it. This family has been down to the bottom, gone down. Pressure, finances, everything's gone. Everything. Like and now you know what do it? Here's a mother that's cataloged all these things in her heart. And churches now are saying, would you come and talk to our church and maybe be a blessing? They got in an old car yesterday that I'd have been afraid to drove to Knoxville. Honest. And they went to Alabama to tell the story of God's wonderful love. Her husband, he's one of those people who just sits and cries. Oh, 
God can bring light out of darkness. God can bring your greatest access when you're on the bottom. The valley has produced stronger Christians than the mountaintop. Say amen. Your greatest praying will be done not on the mountaintop, but in the valley. Your greatest growth, maturity, strength will not come out on the mountaintop, but deep in the valley. Some of you are what you are because of adversity, trials, and tribulations. Tribulations, but patience. Oh, folks. I tell you. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm getting some of the strangest questions nowadays. I mean, some of the strangest questions. I don't know. You will be amazed how many people have asked me. <laughs> I've never met him in my life. He said, is Mel Gibson a Christian? It's not. I don't worry about Mel Gibson. I don't even know what you are or not. <laughs> my God, I don't even know the turkey. Well, somebody said, I don't see how somebody can use, God can use somebody out of Hollywood. He used, he used a jackass to speak to Balaam. Hello? He used a rooster to crawl and wake Peter up. So why not Mel? Well, said he's not a Baptist. My God, there's a lot of folks that's not. There's a Catholic lady that writes me on the Internet weekly and said, Brother Bruce, I listen to your website. I've listened to messages over and over. And she said, I pray for you daily. I haven't wrote her back and told her to stop. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to let her keep on. You can join in with her if you want to. Good news, bad news. You ever hear that statement? Somebody said, well, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which one do you want first? I'm going to give you the bad news first. I want you, if you will, we're not going to just give a summary of any certain passage. Once you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> I'm so glad to be here. Amen. Now, you know, listen, some of you know that my health's been down. I'm not going to give you a health report. been down, and I'm not able to preach revivals anymore. But you know, it's the most wonderful thing. God's just filling up all my Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and just letting me preach up a storm. Don't know how long. <laughs> I'm enjoying it while I last. And so next, oh, by the way, some folks called us in South Georgia, or from Georgia this week, said, and I didn't know this. I'm so far behind when it comes to technology, it's pitiful. And they said they'd be watching us on the Internet. Is that right? Is that what they're doing? They said that they said they see it on the Internet. This service right here. Howdy. 
They tell me old brother Billy Kelly. Any of you know Billy Kelly? All 450 pounds of him? He's dead in heaven now. Old brother Billy, uh, first time he ever preached on the radio, I went to one of these little stations in town, you know, that just barely get outside the city limits. <laughs> Billy thought preaching on the radio was the greatest thing in the world. He got up in front of the microphone and said, Hello, world! <laughs> <laughs> But I praise the Lord for His goodness. Uh, let's stand, please, and read from Roman, or from Luke chapter 12, and then bring you a message that I feel like God wants me to bring. In verse 16, And He spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And He thought within Himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room for to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and I'll build greater. And there will I bestow all of my fruits and goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for the many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Father, help us now for Jesus' sake. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see all of you. The preacher, Brother Roger Lee, good to see you. Bless your heart. All of you, good to have you with us. Bad news. Here is a man that it's very easy to see and realize that had eye trouble. Bad eye trouble. His world revolved around him. What can I do? What this, that? All revolved around. Here was a man that was evidently a good farmer. Had much going for him. Had many things he was involved in. Here was his land producing an abundant crop. But also, here was a man that was shy on the storage value of his farm. He filled up all of his buildings, his farm just produced and produced and produced and run out of room. No more room. And then he said, what will I do? He said, I'm going to tear down my old barns and I'm going to build greater. Now watch it carefully. He said, I'll tear them down, I'll build greater, and then I'm going to say to my soul, just take it easy. Take it easy. You've got enough laid up. You've got money in the bank. You've got everything you need. But God comes in here and said, I've got something I want to say. And I want to say this to you today, you that have made no plans for the future, you that have not included God anywhere, God said to this man, you're a fool. I'm not, I may not even know you. I may not know your educational status. I may not know yet that you have the wisdom of Solomon. I may not know any of that about you. But my friend, if God's not included in your life, you're a fool. I don't mean that mean. I honestly don't, Brother Lord. You're void of your greatest need. Here was a man who thought his greatest need was to build a bigger barn. You may think your greatest need is to put money in the bank, get CDs and all of that. 
There's not a person in this building this morning. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, your greatest need is being born again. But this man evidently did not know that. Did not think that. Some of you have got your priorities so fouled up. Some of you right now. Things and money and wealth and power. My daughter made a statement one time. I've never forgot this. Her husband, and still he isn't in church. I, I'd love to see him in church. My daughter's raised two good kids, kept them in church. One's a young preacher. Good kids. But my daughter said something one time I've never forgotten. Got a good home, big house as far as big size is concerned, and all the anonymities that says that this, there's success there. She said, Daddy, for my husband to be in church, I live in a shack and drink water from a creek in a jelly glass. From a husband. Now you say, what does that mean? That means her priorities were right. That means she looked out and saw the value of what was right rather than the masses of money and wealth. There's a song that said, a poet wrote these words, Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. He's satisfied. He's satisfied. Somebody say glory. The bad news is that many of you only have your eyes on your own wealth, your own getting this, getting that. Getting the others, uh, piling this together, massing this together. Bigger house, bigger cars, more money. Come on, preach it. There's a, my first church. <laughs> I tried, well, I want to. I, they call me as pastor. Uh, it's not far from my house. I've told this many times, I won't go into the full story. But I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning from where I lived to walk to my church to pastor. That's what it is. And now every once in a while, every now and then, I've noticed this on a kind of a regular basis, God leaves me to drive back over there. And He told me, He said, pull up on the churchyard. And He said, remember an old boy walking across that hill with a dime store Bible. A pair of cotton khaki pants and a white shirt and a tie on that you didn't know how to tie. You know what he was doing? He said, I want to show you where I brought you from. That's the reason some of you sit there uh, like a uh, escapee from a funeral home with no joy in your heart. You forgot what God's done for you. You don't know where God's brought you from. 
the bad news. This fellow here. Now, there's another fellow. I, I look at the bad news. God called this man a fool. Now, here's another fellow sent out all the announcements and said, we're going to have a shindig. Boy, we're going to really live it. We're going to party. You folks come. Boy, they all gathered in. I mean, it was just a, whoo, man. You just feel the vibes. I mean, it was cool, man. I mean, I mean, you could just walk in the building and feel the vibes. Man, they were drinking. And, I mean, living it up, it was a real shindig. And all of a sudden, get this, all of a sudden, the Bible is in such detail here, you just, it just amazes you. It said the part of a man's hand. <laughs> Boy, the lights were flaring and, and the music was jumping and... <laughs> And all of a sudden, somebody tapped somebody on the shoulder and said, And all of a sudden, every eye in the building was on that wall. And there was a hand that was writing. Bad news! <laughs> The big boys, he called in the astronomers and all the, you know, smart boys. He said, read it to me. And they said, can't do it. But the news finally got around to him that they had an old boy that they'd been kicked out that might just know what that writing meant. See, I, I remember when I was in the Army, mail call, and they'd say, Boo! Ed! I said, Ha! And hand me my letter. And I look at it. And I recognize it as my father's handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Old brother Daniel, come walking in. <laughs> Hallelujah! And saw the handwriting on the wall and recognized it as his father's handwriting. To make a long story short, he looked at the old Bell and said, Hey, Bell, Chazer, that is. <laughs> they got some bad news for you. <laughs> You ain't going to dig it. It ain't going to be groovy. It's not cool. <laughs> I got some bad news for you. He said that you've been weighed. He said you've been weighed in the balances and you come up shy. That's what's going to happen to some of you that's messed around here and put God off, put God off, and put God off. Oh, I said, later, 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 my foot, you better do it today. It always scares me to come up here and preach. This man, great preacher he is, oh, one of the greatest I know of the world. 
And here I am, just an old stumbling around, slobber on five row preacher. I'm going to come on. He thinks I'm going to stop, Roger. Tell him, Roger, tell him, I ain't going to stop. Hey, said Bell, Chazer, said you've been weighed. I'm going to tell you something right now. One of these days you're going to step on the scales and come up short if you don't have Jesus. How am I going to get in? I'll get that part of the story in a minute. But he said, hey, Bell. He said, this night, your soul's going to be required. And God never missed a stroke. It happened. I'm going to tell you what, one of these days you're going to leave a revival, one of these days you're going to leave church planning on getting right with God later, and God's going to show you, I'm waiting to balance and you come up short. Amen! Now, here's a man I kind of think I used to pastor. Family Joshua 721, his name's Aiken. See, there's a lot of folks sneaking around thinking God don't know what you're doing. There's some of you sitting here right now. You've got it all kivered up, ain't you? All head. <laughs> yeah, you, you're here. Some of you think I'm looking at you right now, don't you? I done picked out two or three of you popping pills right now. Old Brother Aiken, bless his heart, he was a collector of things. <laughs> his general had said, now we're going through that town right down there, and said, I don't want you to bother nothing. Leave it alone. Don't pick it up. Leave it alone. I said, leave it alone. But old Aiken, bless his heart, he never got the message. How many of you come Sunday after Sunday and the preacher preaches and you don't get the message? You just don't get it. Some of you are sitting around worrying about mail. You're slow right now, ain't you? Quit worrying about mail. No smiling now. But seeing that film can do something for your heart. See it. Stop worrying about whether he come out of Hollywood. Start wondering whether he come out of Spring City or not. It's not mail. It's the message you need to hear. He was thinking. He went going down through there with his M1 rifle and his bayonet and all of that stuff, you know. Happened to look in the tent. He'd been told not to bother nothing. Don't bother. But he looked over and the devil motioned in the tent and said, Hey, there's a Bible in this garment over there, and I believe it's just your size. Yeah. Yeah, man. It fits you. And so he went in and got the Bible in his garment and the wages of gold and silver, and took them out and burned them. Yeah. 
There was a verse or two he ought to have known. He should have. Wish, I wish he had known this. It might have helped him a little tad. Said your sins will find you out. Another one in the book of Galatians, he said, Be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. God don't have no crop failures. You plant it, it'll come up. And it'll come up more than what you planted. Amen. All right, I got to hurry. Got to hurry. Aiken, he took it, burned it, come out on him, and it cost him, his wife, his kids, everything. Do you know what some of you right now are heading toward bankruptcy? And I'm not talking about with the government state of the county. Some of you right now are heading to loss of totality. God said, I've called, and you refused. I've stretched out my hand, and you wouldn't regard it. He said, you've set up all of my counsel, and would none of my reproof. You wouldn't do it. And God said, I'm going to laugh at you. God, you say, well, God cruel? No, He told you. He's warned you. How many times this preacher right here warned thousands on the radio and television and me likewise and, and people said... Some of you are sitting right here right now. You're under conviction and God wants to save you today and you're going to sit there. You've already got your mind made up. Now then, if I don't do this, I don't have enough strength to get through. I want to give you some good news. We well, got bad news. That was bad one ago. I want to give you some good news. There was a time. I like Brother Lawson's lesson this morning. Oh, it was good. There has never been a time when God has not been. I'd like to box Peter Jennings' jaws. I got a white bulldog. <laughs> Doggy. I'd like to sick on him. He'd make a believer out of one side of him, I know. Before you and I were, God knew. Oh, nothing has ever occurred to God. Nothing has ever. God never said, "Well, what about that?" God already knew. But some of these professors, gag a maggot, puke a hound off a gut wagon. Some of these smart eggheads think they know everything. And as dumb as I am, I know better than that. God said what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. Here's the good news. God sent His Son. Give the Lord 
condition, sinful flesh, condemning sin in the flesh. Hallelujah. That's good news. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, for Christ my Savior, weary and worn, facing for sinners, death on the cross, that He might save them from endless Lord. Blessed Redeemer. Precious Redeemer, seems now I see Him on Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding, for sinners pleading, blind and unheeding, dying for God sends them. That's good news. You'll not find nothing like that in the Knoxville News Sentinel. The New York Times. No. Oh, good news. Here's some more good news. The Bible said He... Oh, God. He commits... He loves the word. In the world of sin, God loves me. There was a time, Amazing Grace was my all-time favorite song. I changed it. Somebody said, what's your favorite now? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Hallelujah! Little ones to Him belong. They are weak. <laughs> but He is strong. Help me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Yes, Jesus loves me. The That's the favorite. Check with it five twenty one for he hath made him to be sin for us who do sin. Paul Harvey said he went to see the first screening of Apache. said, I knew many. I knew a man that was not an infidel, nothing like that. But he was sitting evidently close to Paul when the beating and the brutality was being placed on Jesus. This man raised his hands and said, I know now it wasn't the Jews that killed him. It was for me he died. He who no guile was found in his mouth. 
became sin for me. He took upon Him the sin, yours and mine, of the whole world. Ever drunk, ever Hitler, ever Pope, ever heathen, ever infidel, ever harlot, ever ever dope-filled, everyone of us! Up Calvary's mountain, one red for more. Father, forgive them this heated prayer. Hear what is like. Flow fast away, <coughs> praying for sinners Amen. while in such woe. No one but Jesus ever loves more. I like Isaiah. I love Isaiah. This particular verse, chapter fifty-three, verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. <laughs> he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I'm giving you good news now. I'm telling you good news. You folks are still down in Georgia listening. Good news. I guess the crowning verse to close this message is this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Oh, how I love Him, Savior and Friend. How can my praises ever find end? Through years unnumbered on heaven's shore, my tongue shall praise Him forevermore. If you know it, help me sing the chorus. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now on Calvary, wounded and bleeding, our sinners pleading, blind and unhealed. 
dying for. I'm glad that I can give you good news. You said what about me today? It's not, oh, it's, it's been 2,000 years since he died on that cross. Good news, it still works. He can reach way down and pick your feet out of the mire clay and set them on a solid rock and establish your going and put a song in your heart. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it. Oh, I want just just the ladies, no male voices, none at all. Girls, I want you to sing it the best you've ever done it. I want you to sing it. There is sing it. Sing it. Come on to the piano, please. Get your music ready. Get a song ready. Look at me. Come on, look at me. Look at me. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever by grace, by His blessed promise, have you ever received Him? Have you ever said yes to Him? That's pleading for you to come today. The best news I can ever give you today you came here lost, but you can leave your soul. He's reaching down for you. He wants to forgive every one of your sins, past, present, and future. He wants to do a job on you and make you a new creature. He does. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Play softly, please, ma'am.